Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence this evening. Father, tonight I would like to speak uh, on um, the season. I'd like to speak about the middle some more. The middle of the night, the midst of the night, the middle of the garden. Dear Lord, I'd like to let the people understand that these are tied together in a very interesting way. Lord, the uh, and please apologize, I apologize for the speaking uh, recording tonight because I'm going back to the old recorder because all of my uh, recording devices on the PC have gone haywire for some reason. I'm trying to get that figured out and fixed, but it's going to be a few more days before I believe that I can have an answer to how to solve the problem that I've got. So I'm using a hand recorder, the old-fashioned way, little the, the hand recorder you put in your pocket and take it to meetings and so forth. So I pray it'll work. I used this several years ago, uh, 2010 and 12. Um, I would like to refer about to um, Ecclesiastes 3.1. It says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. That's very important for us to understand because if you really study um, Ecclesiastes, some of the teachings that Solomon has there, it's, it's very interesting because it's almost like a satire or something like this that uh, is written so that we have to think in the way of the words to understand the message that he's truly kind of given. Because he's really talking about, it's like two sides of the coin that you can look at. You can look at the way of man. Or you can look at those who have set themselves apart into the kingdom of God and do the work of the kingdom, which is in the way of the inheritance. In other words, the inheritance is the words of God. If you do good, you're enabling the words of God to be done so good works are done for others. But if we don't do that, Solomon continuously gives us the vanity of not accomplishing anything at the end of the day. And that's what he's really trying to point out. But it's very important for us to understand that to everything there is a season. And we are in a special season right now. A season in the, the scriptures, in a, a biblical sense, especially in this verse that's used here, is a set time, an appointed time, or a time. And uh, it means, it's a, the word zeman, and uh, Z-E-M-A-N uh, is the way you would translate it or pronounce it. It's um, a noun, and it's basically referring to a stated time. We see it in Nehemiah 2.6. It's only used four times. Uh, Nehemiah 2.6, um, and in Esther 9.27, and Esther 9.31. So it's regarding this a time of Purim very closely. And also Ecclesiastes 3.1. And when we're talking about this, it's very important to us because if you take this and you go back to Daniel uh, 9, excuse me, Daniel 7, verse 12, he says he's going to remove the dominion, the authority over the world from the uh, beast kingdom. The beast kingdom is reigning at this time as the fifth beast kingdom because we can tell that very clearly from Revelation 17 where it tells us that five have fallen and, and uh, six has not yet come. In other words, there's a gap time. And that's exactly what he's saying in 
uh, Daniel 7.12, he says, he removes the dominion from the fifth beast kingdom, and then the other kingdoms, the sixth and seventh beast kingdoms, do not get their dominion for a season and a time. Of the, the time that he's referring to is the time as is spoken of in the book of uh, Revelation, which refers to uh, a time of 84 months, which is broken down into two hours, which each hour is 42 months long. So it's 84. And then a half an hour, a half a time, or it's, it's, a, it's a short time, he said, and he calls it about a, a half an hour, which is 21 months. Those numbers are used throughout the book of Revelations to, to tell us the timing of these events that are going to happen there. So when we look at Daniel 7, we know he's talking about a season, which is an appointed time, and a time. And the time is seven years, 84 months. And that's... Um, that should be able to, easy for us to understand. But why we should kind of glimpse of what we're trying to say, and this week I've explained to you that the parable of the ten virgins talked about the middle of the night. And I explained to you that the middle of the night is actually the midst of the day, the whole day, because the midst of the whole day, if you start in the evening, is the morning. And so... In two different ways, the Lord explains this. The middle of the night, because it's night, the night of the day of the Lord is very interesting because there's the regular night from midnight until morning. But then the Lord tells us in Isaiah 21, 10 to 12, and other verses, that the night is extended for those who are set apart for wickedness and complacency. For those, the night goes on for the whole morning. So you have 14 years uh, which is a times, that's two times, two times seven years is 14 years. So you have two 14-year uh, periods, and in the middle of that is a judgment. And in the middle of that is the morning. Now, God is always showing us that he works in this way. It makes sense that he works in this way if you look even at the Garden of Eden. He says in Genesis 2.9, he says, And the Lord caused to sprout from the ground every tree, pleasant to see and good to eat. Every tree, pleasant to see and good to eat. And the tree of life was in the middle of the garden, in the midst of the garden. And the tree of good of knowledge of good and evil was there. So what he's telling us is in the very middle of the garden is the very precious things of God. Also, we know that in the very middle of the creation, I've drawn it out, and you can see the pictures of the drawings. In the, I, I got it in a book called A Testimony of Numbers. It's freely available on the front page of the website. But also on the back of the, the website at the end chime chart, you'll see a, a drawing of the total creation. And we know it's a cube design because God explains that, and I explained that in the book, the book A Testimony of Numbers. But in the very middle of the creation is the Lord. It's a cube, but in the very center of it is the Lord. And our heavens that we live in is below uh, the Lord. And that's, a, you know, if you read Ezekiel 1, you can understand that's very true. And if you read um, 2 Corinthians 12, 1-4, you can see that Paul went up to the third heaven. Very interesting is the Lord makes it the numbering of the heavens, which there are four below God's heaven. God's heaven actually incorporates also the capstone. 
which is the top heaven. But there's the first heaven is the world. Then there's the shadow of death that's now empty because in 2003, at the beginning of the day of the Lord, it tells us very clearly in Revelation 12 that he cast uh, Satan and all his dominions out of the second heaven and down onto the earth because they are here for a time at times and a half time, which he tells you is the whole uh, time of the end times. In other words, the, the book of Revelation, the seal and trumpet and bold judgments all occur within a time, a times and a half time, which if you follow what I've explained to you, a time is seven years, so a time is seven, times is 14, and a half time is three and a half years. So the entirety of the day of the Lord will be 24 and a half years long. And we know that it begins when the Father causes the words to be received on the earth, when he tells the Son, open the first seal, uh, which is the, the first seal judgment of the scroll, which is uh, what? It's the pouring out of the bow, which is the, uh, the right to uh, receive his words and use them. Because the bow is there for you to fire the words, you know. The words are the arrows, which is uh, in Isaiah 49.2 is the shaft, shining shaft, and the quiver of God is the words of our Lord. So we know that uh, it's his words that we are to shoot and speak. We speak them with our tongues and so forth. Now, the middle. If you can understand what I'm saying, if, if you just take a normal day as we know it in our common thing, if you take a Jewish day, you're going to go from the evening to the morning, that's half the time, and then from the morning to midnight is the other half. So right there in the middle. God always works in the middle. The judgment comes in the morning, right at the break of dawn. We now can understand this very clearly. So we know that at the ending of the night, <coughs> excuse me, at the ending of the night is the time when the separation judgment occurs. The Lord tells us very clearly that in that night he will separate um, his people. Separation judgment comes at night. He always seals his people in the night. So we know that he separates us right in the midst of that time because he says the night comes and the morning comes also which tells us that it's the same time as the morning when, when that judgment occurs, the separation judgment. And that we also can discern that from the time of Daniel 9.27, which he tells us the Lord will reign for seven years. So we know that that is the morning time of the day of the Lord. But as I've explained to you, the Bible indicates to us that we'll be raptured in the midst of the morning. Now, that's not in the midst of the night and not in the night, but in the middle of the morning of the day of the Lord. And that's about three and a half years from now, the best I can understand it. See, people say we'll never know the day and the hour, but the problem is there's only two days and hours we really don't know. The first one was, when was he going to open the words? You know, that was the same as when was he going to send Jesus into the world? Well, it's a little bit more dramatic at this time because he uh, opened it not by sending somebody in the world, but sending the word into the world and causing it to be received. And that opened up the day of the Lord. At the same time he did that, because that's the kingdom of God, because the kingdom, everything is made by his words. It says all things are made by his words, all things are sustained by his words, and uh, all things are accomplished by his words. So, we know that that was the beginning of the day of the Lord, because also he says, the entrance of his words gives light, and he told us in Revelation 18.1 very clearly that, the light shined from heaven and he gave us the commandment that Babylon has fallen. And see, Babylon has fallen means the devil has already been cast out of his throne in heaven as well. That's the beginning of it. He lost his authority uh, to be 
to take over. Now he's desperate. He's here on earth because he knows he only has uh, a times a time and a half a time. And he knows that he's only got a short time in reality because he will inhabit the Antichrist and after these seven years of the morning comes. We're still in the last year of the night according to the calendar of God explained in the Bible as best we can understand it. And we believe this is the year that that the words were actually began in 2003 because I believe that he starts with not when the actual words uh, were put to paper which began in 2004 in the summer uh, April April time frame 2004 but actually the year before when the spirit started drawing the words out and that you know guiding to the message and uh, giving the understanding because what what the entrance of his words gives understanding to the simple so the beginning of the light is understanding and then it guides into this it's just like in the morning judgment comes and he's going to take away the light from the people he's going to bring forth the darkness and it's going to build and the first thing they're going to do is they're going to come out and do all these sins that they're doing right now i mean you can see the war that all these leaders of the nations are all united as one as he says in zechariah 14 1 so trump and clinton and bush and all them are united they're not separated they're not fighting with each other that's the deception of the devil uh, they are all their words are united under one, and that's the crown trust. And I've told you about the law of sea treaty and so on. But what I'm pointing out to you is that way of the Lord is the middle. The way of the Lord is an appointed time as well. And he tells you in um, Daniel seven, uh, eleven and twelve, when he destroys the beast kingdom, there'll be a season and a time, and that's right now. He's destroying them right now. What's he doing? God destroys them by revealing his words and stirring up the people. There will be a plague come, and I've told you it's going to be like the plague of Uzziah, like the Bible says. In the time of Uzziah, the earthquake that he's talking about, was the plagues loosed. The plague was the leprosy, because they tried to enter the Holy of Holies and uh, put the abomination in it. And you see today that the world system has been trying since, you know, the last couple of years, they've been trying uh, in this time frame to cause us to receive them and that their religion and cause us to join in a one world religion. The Vatican's pushing this and you should see the Vatican's of the devil because you can see the obelisk. I mean, it's a sore thumb sticking straight up out of the middle of their, of their grounds, which tells you that they're not of God. That's a pagan idol. That's not of God. So they're not... Uh, all the things they're doing is so wrong. And they're distorting the word and keeping you from the word. And God's going to punish all the shepherds uh, who follow them and all the shepherds of the various nations who've caused his people to stumble. I hate to see it, but that's what's going to happen if they don't turn and repent. But I am pointing out that the season is this appointed time of judgment. And we're in it right now. God is causing these things. You're seeing the sins of the world. You're seeing them tell you that they're going to come to war. You can see that this is the winter. You can see that they're going to bankrupt the economies. You can see that they're positioning their soldiers all over the world. You can see all these things happening and you can see the lies that they're speaking. I mean, it becomes obvious. And God is causing truth to be made known. I mean, it's been pouring out in these days. You can see what I, I told people in 1998 that they can see in any room with the set-top boxes and with the uh, security cameras or, you know, the smoke alarms and the rest of that are all sound devices. And uh, even the LEDs were optical devices, but people thought they were just regular LEDs. They were cameras. And I told people that, and they mocked me, and they um, even said that they pulled the... 
these kind of alarms out of the ceiling saw nothing but an LED. Well, yeah, that's that's what it was, sir. And, you know, that's what they're using. That technology has come a long way since since then. But they're listening in every household and appliances. And I've told you that the, the electrical outlets, like they can turn your computer off and still run the hard drive because they control the electrical outlets and they don't turn on. I mean, they control the BIOS operating system of your computers. They're all united as one. They're not separate companies. They have to work together to get that uh, programming because it's controlled by the processors and the the different communication processors and Motorola is one of their big companies that, you know, they own these people. Intel, Motorola, I, I could go into the whole story about being in meetings where they're, they're talking about uh, how they control Motorola and uh, IBM, that they're, these, and Intel and all of them are companies totally controlled by the Crown Trust. So anyway, the point is that they're doing all this spying and everything, and God said everything will be known. They track everything. They profiled everybody on earth from before 2002, as I've testified. People don't want to believe it. But this is the season. That's the appointed time, because he said there would be an hour of trial before the judgment. The judgment is coming now. And what's going to happen is you're going to see the judgment by the fact that there's going to be the stirring of truth. People all of a sudden are going to want to know the truth. And it's not going to be there. There was prophecy spoken. People are going to come around saying, how come you didn't teach us the knowledge of truth? What is the knowledge of truth? They don't know what it is, John seventeen seventeen. They have to be set apart by it to escape the judgments, John five twenty four, Joel 2, 12 to 20. But they're not listening to that. So when we see this, this is that season. It's in, you know, and, and we know that with the ending of the night comes the morning. And that's the midst of the day, the middle of the day. And that's when God said he's going to judge the people. He's on judgment, the breaking of the dawn. And so we can know this is coming. And so after that, the great troubles come upon these people. I thought it would come earlier, but we can now understand this clearly, that it's going to come with this uh, morning. And the judgment is already done with the people. They're in the hour of trial now. And then God issues the judgment. And what he shows you in... Um, the sealed judgment, I mean the trumpet judgments, is that the seven angels with the seven trumpets come in before the Lord and stand there with their trumpets while there's a silence from heaven for the first 21 months, about 21 months. And that means that the only thing that's being answered is the prayers of the bulls of the saints. The saints are those who set themselves apart according to John 17, 17 and Joel 2, 12 to 20. There's lots of people called. People are saying, well, you know, God's telling me I had angels' wings and we're going to be set apart. No, that's true that, yes, the angel rings and, yes, you've been anointed to receive it. But he said, many are called, few are chosen. Because they will not hear. They think they know everything and they're very prideful. And they're not willing to humble themselves and receive it. It's like the food we eat. You know, he tells us that the food is good for, the the, 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 the trees are good for food. Uh, you know, it, it means there's a purpose in it. And it enables us to, to grow an understanding of that. You don't understand how God works. He doesn't work like you. His thoughts aren't like ours. His thoughts are different. And he's used this all through the Bible to show us this. But we don't want to believe it. We want to control what we want to believe. We want to believe what we desire. And we want to believe our traditions. Well, why would we come to judgment and God tell us in Luke 21, 34 to 36, that we're all caught in a snare for a lack of knowledge, which is what you see in Isaiah 21, um, or 28, 9 to 13. That's the snare, lack of knowledge. 
And he tells us that in Hosea 4, 6. And we can see it's true in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that people are caught and they don't know why. They think that, although we believed in the blood, we believed in Ten Commandments, we believe we kept those, but you didn't hear. You didn't hear. You didn't set yourself apart. You know, faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. If you don't have the Word, if you don't desire to know the words, He will not be able to pour the Spirit out on you because the law of God is that, as it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 1-4, unless we set ourselves apart from the world by His words, as it says in John seventeen seventeen, then we will not be able to receive the words or utter them which is what uh, Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians 12, 1-4. And the Father, uh, Lord Jesus tells us this. We think we're saved. We think we're all these things in John 8, 43-47. John 8, 43-47, when he's talking to his people, he says, you know, you're hearing my words in your language, but you can't discern my speech. In other words, you're hearing, but you're not discerning what I'm saying because you cannot discern my words. And he says, if you don't have the words of God, which he was sent in the world to bear witness to, as he says in Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, John 3, uh, 34, and John 18, 37, then you're not able to receive the spirit of truth because it cannot enter those who are of the world. John 14, 15 to 17. It's a law of God. So they're lawless. That's why he says they will they will not recognize this law. They, they want to believe what what they want. They, they just twist the scriptures and they do not read these scriptures or accept these scriptures that are right in front of them. They think they're filled with the Holy Spirit, but we're, they're rejecting it. You know, it's, it's like Acts 751. They're, they're Acts, you know, what they're saying there is these people are resisting the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. They're, they're, they're mocking the Holy Spirit when they do not take the, the blood of the Spirit of Grace. In other words, they don't understand what that blood of the Spirit of Grace did. It opened up the Holy of Holies so they could come in and hear the words of God. And they don't understand what food does and these kind of things. You know, isn't it interesting that the middle of the body is the stomach and area, that whole area that works with food? Well, you know, don't we understand that Jesus came as King Melchizedek to uh, Abram, and he changed him completely after, you know, this is, Abram went out and won that great battle. He did many good things. But once he came with Melchizedek with the bread and the bread and the wine, everything changed. After that, he became, you know, uh, he went out and proselytized the world. He was evangelizing everywhere. He he uh, built that place near Bathsheba, uh, wherever it was when he, um, you know, put the crops and everything. In, and he welcomed anybody that went by. He would uh, ask them to come in and stay, and he'd be able to speak to them, feed them good food, and send them on their way. He was preparing the works for the future, doing this. And same thing with Jacob, uh, bringing the animals into tents. He was preparing them so that they could get the word sealed with them with the Spirit of God, because the animals are also, even even um, uh, Solomon in Ecclesiastes 3, he's talking about the animals. He's saying in there that, I think it's Ecclesiastes 3, he's talking about the animals. It's either in 3 or 5. And what he's saying is that they're, we're no different. See, they get a spirit. God's spirit works upon the animals. Didn't he make a donkey speak? <laughs> you know, animals can do good works if we enable them to do it by the words of God because God is in control of all particles and he owns everything. Do, don't you understand it? Adam gave the names to the animals. God made them and brought them to him and he gave them the name. So man gave the work for the animals to do. 
And in this time it's coming, God says the child will be able to put its hand in the viper pit and won't get bitten. See, the words of God, the animals are reflective as that also. If the devil is not allowed to touch you because he's been bound from touching the oil and wine, then guess what? They cannot touch you either in that time. Because, I mean, the snakes cannot bite you in that time if you're set apart as truth. These are laws of God that are very clear. Because he cannot change his ways, all things must work in his ways. Well, I'm going to end here. I just hope you got the idea that the middle, or the, you know, there's a season appointed time, and then there's a seven-year reign of Christ. But in that seven-year reign of Christ, it's going to be all the troubles come upon the people who are complacent and the people who are wicked. And they're, they're going to be put in darkness. He to warn them that you're going to share in the sins of these leaders you've been following after. And you're going to also receive of the plagues that God's going to send. Because when the Spirit goes away and people don't have the restrainer in them, the Holy Spirit in them, their pride, their arrogance, and everything else they are are going to pop up. The Lord warns in that time when that happens. He said, don't follow after these people. Don't, don't listen to them saying, well, the, the Lord's out here, the Lord's there, the Lord's there. The Lord, has, he's in the words. You can't, if you're under punishment, you won't be able to receive it. If you don't get the words before that time, you're going to know you're not sealed. And besides all that, God is going to set his part, people apart into a place. And they'll, they'll be glorified. In other words, he's going to feed them and stall fed calves. Their prayers are going to be answered. Because those are the saints that set themselves apart. And those are the ones of the, the prayers that are going to be heard in heaven during that time, as it says in Revelation 8. Let's think about those things, and I pray it will be helpful uh, to understand these things. Lord, we thank you for being able to come before you, and we ask you, Lord, to help the people understand your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.